Welcome to another In the Telling Scrap episode, segments that are too good to be left on the cutting room floor. This scrap episode is clipped from my on the street interviews at the 2019 Utah Film Festival and features the filmmakers behind Lady Hunters, a dark comedy revenge film perfect for the Me Too era. All right, uh, so my name is Angela Atwood, and I am the, the writer and the director, um, co-star and producer of Lady Hunters, which has won Best Film in Detroit, Best Writing at Women in Horror, and Best Socially Conscious Narrative mm-hmm. in Women in Horror in Atlanta, mm-hmm. Best Cinematography at Nightmares in Columbus, um, there's six. There's another one. Best Adventure in Manhattan Film Festival and, and Best Mystery Suspense Thriller we just got in Toronto mm-hmm. at Alternative Film Fest. This has been submitted <laughs> around. Yes. Nice. Yeah, it's yeah. been going around for how long have we been submitting now? Nine, just almost just almost a year. Nine, yeah. Yeah. Nine to 12 premiered. months. Yeah. Say your name. Yeah, my, oh, my name is Laura Buck <laughs> Antelik. I am an actor, uh, co-creator, and co-executive producer. Mm-hmm. Um Passion Project. We love this film. We're working on a feature, um, well, a feature script, mm-hmm. hopefully. And um, yeah, we've been all over the place. We love it. I don't know what else yeah. to say. Oh, say what it's about. Because okay. I, I forgot. <laughs> you forgot. <laughs> I forgot to say what okay. it's about. <laughs> it's about three suburban moms who um, get revenge on bad men. We become a vigilante death we squad. We become a vigilante death squad, <laughs> yes. And um, we didn't, we're sort of superhero-esque, but um, we didn't start off that way. It was um, kind of a surprise, which was wonderful. Yeah, it's Go true. On. Yeah, so it's um, it's a black comedy. Um, black because it's dark subject matter, because the people that were avenging have done, done something horrible. Uh, but it's a comedy because the moms have never murdered anyone before, so they're terribly inept and inexperienced. That is. <laughs> Sounds hilarious. So, so, yeah, I've had people tell me it's like a very charming horror film. Where did this idea come from? Uh, go ahead. So um, we had a girls' weekend about four yeah. four years ago, and um, we it was when the Bill Cosby situation was just first coming out, like first coming to light to the public. And um, we were just aghast at that we grew up with him and just realizing that he, if these things were true, that he could do something like that, somebody that you would seemingly trust. Um, and then all the other things that feed into that, all the other stories that you hear every other week about raping, you know, um, sexual assault, violence, people domestic violence, people getting away with it because of, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So... Um, it just kind of, we were like, you know, nobody else is doing anything about this. There's no, you know, no judges are doing anything about, well, at that yeah. time they weren't, yeah. four years ago. Yeah, prior true. to the Me Too. Prior this to the Me Right, like we finished the film on September 17th, mm-hmm. which was like two weeks before the Weinstein news oh, came wow. out, which was what spurred Me Too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and But there's still people getting away with it left and right. Like at first when that whole all hit, I was like... Finally, some like justice is going to happen, and it's, you know, Kavanaugh still got brought up into the Supreme Court, yeah. even though her, she was so, you know, clear and clearly it happened, and it just 
I was like, it, it still doesn't matter. It's like there's, there's still so many people in our society who think, yeah, boys will be boys, guys will be guys. Yeah. Well, you know, girls shouldn't put themselves in that position or whatever. Well, it look is. at who our president is and what he's done. And what he's oh, accused, God. Oh, God. and not to get political, but of what he's yeah. accused of yeah, having that's done. True. That's true. Um, so, I mean, we're in that world right now where it just seems like everything's like coming to a head. And I feel like um, this story came out of that like four years ago, kind of coming at the same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it was a great way for us to get out our anger and our and our love for yeah. for women it's cathartic yeah (laughs) yeah but in with humor you know it's very satisfying i think people come out of the one of the really most enjoyable things about it is when we watch it with when i get to see it with an audience and people get you know you feel the tension in the room and then it and then it releases you hear everybody kind of breathe out or chuckle at the same moment and then by the end you know you just feel like Yes, you know they're not. They didn't get away with it, you know. The women took care of it, and like, even though we're a bunch of kind of dingbat moms that just don't belong in right in a violent situation, right? And a major driving force, a major driving force within this film. Uh, My name is Roy Buck. Uh, I I play a small yet pivotal part um, in Lady Hunters. I am the wolf that gets killed Mm -hmm. brutally. Um, with that being said, I do have to say that um, although uh, the three wives, uh, the three women, um, have never uh, uh, killed before, they remain collective yet calm in a you know uh, dark, humorous way where they, they keep it together and they feed off one another, which builds up the characters. Um, with that being said, also, um, I mean, they do hunt as in they did lure the wolf and... I think uh, this would be a great uh, project uh, forthcoming in a feature because um, once the wolves, you know, once some others get a taste of blood, they want to keep on hunting, just like a grizzly or a wolf, mountain lion, what have you. Um, However, uh, I I was very fortunate to have a small part in this film in upstate New York where it was filmed or the parts where I was involved in. And uh, with that being said, um, along the lines, as Lauren Angela spoke about, it is a film uh, within the zeitgeist of our times. Um, <clears throat> and being that we are in Provo, especially with the basketball or the, ex, the ex-basketball um, football player who was at BYU, a star, who was recently brought back three or four years later for seven to eight counts of rape, um, and... They thought he may get off because he was a prestigious alumni. I don't think a professional athlete. However, I don't think it matters either or. Uh, with that being said, um, it's just a further example that exemplifies how Lady Hunters captured back when they formulated this idea uh, within the Bill Cosby era, but it's also the zeitgeist of the day with more and more coming out um, within this, you know, sad demeanor. Um, it's unfortunate, uh, and Lady Hunters, Lady Hunters has a poignant yet comical dark view yeah. on it, um, which could be expanded upon tremendously, and I was just kind of in the right place at the right time. 
Were you thinking of using this as like a, a concept film, as like a pitch for a feature when you created it? When we were first talking about it, like, I was like, hey, let's make a short film about how we feel about it. And then we started fantasizing, Lara and I did, about, like, where it could possibly live and go on. Um, after the short was produced, uh, it was kind of hard for me to decide if it should go into feature world or series world as far as the further development of it. Tomorrow we're table reading... Uh, my first draft of the feature is nearly completed. It's it's just developmental. It's not like to be heard by other people yet. It's not at that stage. Um, so yeah, that's what I pretty much decided. I wanted to keep my same cast and my same um, crew that I made this movie with because they're awesome. I had an awesome team. Um, we all had an amazing time together. I've worked with my DP. She's like probably on five projects now that I've directed with her. Uh, Loretta Prevo is her name, and she's a fantastic DP. Um, so I have this team ready to go and do a feature, and I figured uh, I'll write the feature film and do the business plan and get the investors and, and do an indie feature out of it, rather than, like, selling a script, which I wouldn't get to be part of anymore, right. you know, or... Or whatever. Go ahead. What I was going to have you say other things that you've been doing. Oh, because she's been doing other projects that yeah, are really true. great. Uh-huh. They are. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I directed Chronicles of a Bleep Your Old Woman, which is a web series pilot, which is also in the festival circuit right now and doing quite well. And I'm acting in Five A Five B, which is a web series that uh, we just shot. We did a five minute pilot. Um, which you can find on YouTube if you go 5A5B and then Cicchetti, C-I-C-E-T-T-I. That's my writer, director, producer, best friend who did that one. Um, so we just shot two 22-minute episodes, and that's going to be going around the festival circuit as well. What made you decide to submit to the Utah Film Festival? My son Sam lives in Salt Lake City. <laughs> this was your idea? I wanted to come and see him. <laughs> It's a yeah. great tie-in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is this your first time um, being in Utah for a film purpose? Well, no. I come to Sundance every year and hang out oh, with okay. my son, and we go look at films together. And RJ, luckily, just happens to live in Park City right now. Actually, Camus. Oh, yeah. Camus Um Yeah. And it was wonderful. And I did want to say, furthermore, um, um, in regards to the set and the shooting, that the feeling um, uh, was palpable uh, in a realistic sense, being that when we were in offset, which wasn't much, but the few hours we were was uh, parallel to when we were shooting, being that it's real subject matter. Although comical and dark, you have to put a little twist on it, you know, to bait the fish. Um, With that being said, you didn't have to embellish it much, other than being clever and wit and witty. both within the writing and the acting. Um, but the thing is, is that it exists. I mean, it could be a, a creative nonfiction film or script. Yeah, it could, it could be a real story. It I could mean, be easily, yeah. if it not already. Yeah. Uh, and, and another thing, too, like we never thought it would be like a, considered a horror or thriller mm-hmm. type, but it kind of got picked up into that world. Mm-hmm. And I loved that. It was just such a different 
because we were, oh, dark comedy, but it ended up, just because of sub- subject matter, it's very dark. Mm-hmm. But then us dealing with it is the comedy. Um, and then we had a wonderful makeup uh, artist, Julia Rosendale. Yes. Right? Ro- yes. Ju- Julia yes. Rosendale in New York City, um, who did that's great true. gore work. So I'm like, yeah. oh, maybe that's yeah, why. The murder that. scene. <laughs> yes. The murder scene does oh have a, a money shot in the murder yes. scene where you see the gore. And it's satisfying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It is. I was blind for 10 hours. And, yeah, uh, you were. That's a tough racket. We had yeah. you covered up. Yep. RJ was a real trooper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a wonderful time. <laughs> you, your performance you know. is great. Both of their performances are amazing. And we also, it's about three moms, and our third mom is actually not able to be here right now. But there's a, going back to what you were saying about the, like nonfiction-esque quality to it. There's a monologue, basically, that the third character mom named Maya, she's the one bringing the us, we two, into her uh, awareness of the story of a 14-year-old girl who was gang-raped, and the guy, only one guy out of the group got sent to jail, and now he's getting out. And she tells us the story of this girl, and, and you know, sadly, the story that she's telling is is something that I put together from, you know, actual news stories. You know, the things that happened to this fictional, this fictitious girl are things that have happened in real life, like that I just had trouble wrapping my brain around that still happen. Like, how does that even happen? Mm-hmm. How does somebody do that to another person? And then get together with other people and decide to do it together to a person. It's just... Still hard to deal, you know. So that's, I guess, why it seems so non-fictional. Is yeah. because really that that part of the story is, comes right out of the truth. Mm-hmm. It comes right out of the news. Mm-hmm. So. Thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Thank Jay. you. Thank you. Thank you very much.